What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington. I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week. Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Joining us now from lovely Surprise, Arizona, our correspondent there, a sometimes uh, guest on the show. We'd love to have him on. Uh, and, and it sounds like he's just coming in on his jet, as a matter of fact, is Evan Grant. Hi, Evan. Well, you know, I walked away from the press room so I wouldn't bother guys and walked right into one of those damned utility vehicles that they decided to start and drive off. Uh, right in front of them. So oh, that is so the, rude. Quite the entrance this week for me. Evan, but the good news is, fellas, I will be with you on Tuesday. You'll be back here to next Tuesday? Yeah. That's great. During I, my I spring think, training hiatus. I think Kevin is on vacation next week. I, I was worried I about am. that. I am. So it'll be, it'll be, you, and, uh, it'll be you and Barry. Uh, I can't wait. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great. Evan, listen, here's, here's my concern about these Rangers. They stink. And they are going nowhere. They're going to win like sixty games based on the on the uh, on the way they're playing right now in spring training. Kevin, 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 they are going to win so much. You're going to get tired of winning so much. <laughs> Why can't they win in Arizona? Wait a minute, that, isn't that what I'm supposed to say? Isn't that what works for everybody these days? Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Just say whatever you want. Why can't they win? All right, there's, I think there's a number of things going on here. Number one. Uh, for the first week of games, Adrian Beltre didn't play. Uh, Elvis Andrus hasn't played. Uh, the Rangers are going very slowly with their their pitchers. Uh, Cole Hamels hasn't pitched in an A game yet. Um, Andrew Kashner isn't pitching at all, and Tyson Ross is just now starting to get on a mound. They're intentionally taking it slow with their relievers, uh, very few of whom have appeared in, in A games. Uh, and I think what really becomes the story is that in in spring training games, it's like uh, how good are your non-roster invitees and the minor leaguers that you're calling over for the day to play, and, and the Rangers just haven't been very good in, 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 in comparison to other teams. So I, I think that these years, these, these WBC years, when you're, you're missing some players for a good portion of camp and, and with the Rangers having to take a little bit extra care to, to try and keep everybody, uh, all their pitchers fresh after uh, a heavy workload last year, I think the last 10 days of this camp will be much more telling than uh, anything we see until then. Is the, is the whole issue of the, the, the World Baseball Classic, is, is the whole issue of that being during spring training uh, a product of uh, labor negotiations. In other words, they could have done this a month ago, right? Uh, you know, instead of uh, encroaching upon spring training. But I'm sure the players decided, no, no, there's no way we're gonna we're gonna uh, agree to something like that. 
Yeah, and, and I don't know that clubs would be crazy about players, you know, having to to start their prep for the season that early. The, the problem with the World Baseball Classic is it's a grand idea, and there's just not a great time to do it unless you were going to say, let's do it in the middle of the season. Let's let's extend the All Star break and and make the World Baseball Classic a a one week or or ten day, you know, like right. the NHL did kind of during the Olympics. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're going to take a little bit longer break during the middle of the season, and we'll play this with everybody in midseason form. Uh, and in the middle of that, we'll then also stage the All Star Game, and it'll be a giant baseball festival. Um, right now, that's just not the way Major League Baseball wants to go about it, and I, I just don't I don't know that as far as the USA is ever concerned. Even if Team USA wins this year, and it is teed up pretty well for Team USA that, to, to go deep this year. Uh, they're going to have to get past the juggernaut that has become Team Israel, but um, uh, they, things are teed up pretty well. I don't know how, how much it's going to enliven the fan base for international baseball competition in the United States. I just don't see it. I think, I, I talk to, I've talked to so many fans who are apoplectic about why Adrian Beltre is going to represent the Dominican Republic after having this calf issue early in camp. And if you look in Adrian's eyes, if you listen to Adrian, you get an idea of how much this means to him and to all the players that come from the Dominican, and for that regard, the players who are from Venezuela and so forth. It's just not as important here. No, not important at all. I don't think fans here uh, they could give a rip. Fans don't. I, fans don't get it. No, you know, they they no. just don't get it. I, I, I watched that uh, Team Israel uh, Chinese Taipei game last night. I think it was in Toronto. I think the game was, and that Seoul. It was in Seoul, Korea. Oh, that was in Seoul. Oh. You were close though. It was in a dome. It looked like it was in a dome. There was nobody attacking. They have, no, they have domes in Asia too. But Siberia. but the, but there was there was no there was no there was nobody at that game. Well, it was there were a couple things. There were a couple things going on. Number one, it was the early game. Number two, uh, I don't know how well Israel travels these days. <laughs> yeah, I don't um, think so. Number three, the Israelis had just beat the Koreans about 12 hours earlier in the host park. And number four, Korea had a much bigger game later that night against the Netherlands, which uh, they ended up losing, and Jerks and Propar homer for the Netherlands yeah. in that game. So that was a big moment for the Rangers. But, yeah, it, it, I think the, the park was pretty crowded for the uh, Israeli-Korea game, and, and then uh, I think that really that was the only game that was going to draw anybody. Let me ask you this. You or any, up, any game involving Korea was going to draw. Uh, you, you brought up Profar's uh, name and playing for the Netherlands, and he's playing in the outfield, playing center field, as a matter of fact. Um, to me, this is an interesting and intriguing prospect. I have not been crazy about the idea of Profar playing left field. But uh, because it doesn't maximize his value, you know, his, his maximum value is, is as a middle infielder, as a shortstop in particular. Uh, but to me, if, if he could be – but if, you, if you're really intent on keeping him, if you're, if you're thinking that, you know, you, you don't have enough to get back from him in a trade, the idea of making him a center fielder is intriguing to me because that's a premium position. And, First of all, do you, do you, do you, have, you, have you seen? Have you heard anything about how he's handled the position in the short amount of time he's been playing it for the Netherlands? No, but they they pitched a shutout, so obviously he, he, defense <laughs> defense prevailed. Um, I, I I think he's handled it he's handled it fine to this point. But when you listen to John Daniels, 
and I asked him the other day about Crowfar playing center field and, and the Rangers' view on that. And he said, you know, I don't think it's anything we've ever considered, but who knows? You know, maybe this will open some eyes. And uh, could it be a potential possibility for him in 2018? Yeah, I think it could. And, and I think what we're seeing in this camp is we've seen we've we've seen a um, a much lighter, more mobile. Um, uh, Delino De Shields, and uh, we've seen a uh, we've seen Drew Robinson kind of emerge uh, as a legitimate prospect who's capable of playing center field. And now, if you add Pro part of that mix, all of a sudden the idea that the Rangers sent away, traded away Lewis Brinson and, and Nick Williams over the last two years may not be as uh, as as earth shattering as as it looks because. Brinson, I think, is going to be a really good major league outfielder. Uh, I think Odubel Herrera, who the Rangers lost on a Rule 5 pick to Philadelphia, has become a really good center fielder. Uh, and if this club did not have long-term center field options, they'd be in real trouble. And it looked like they were going to be in real trouble uh, when the Shields kind of struggled last year. But it, it, it's been an encouraging camp where center field is concerned. Uh, for the future. Well, let me ask you about uh, uh, something that's really been intriguing to me. I, you know, I, I kind of like to pick these little, uh, not so much the, the big ticket items, but the smaller ones. You know, I'm not a huge Hanser Alberto fan. Um, I, I realize everybody talks about he has the best hands in the system. I, I, what I see is a guy that, in the, you know, he's asked to do a lot of things, and when he's done them, he's done, done them well enough. Doesn't hit at all. No pop whatsoever. Uh, a big body for a guy supposed to be playing the middle infield, and I think that is probably even uh, is to his detriment a little bit. Um, he made a couple. He made an error uh, at second. Well, he didn't make. I don't know if they called it an error on him or not. It was on the flip uh, from Odor back to him. No, it was, it was an error on him. Yeah, yeah and, it, and, and it should have been. I mean, it, the ball's right there. And then earlier on that play, you had a really nice play by Mike Napoli where he dug out a play where where Alberto flipped the ball, kind of side armed from shortstop on a play where he didn't have to do that. Uh, I'm just not a, I'm just not a fan. And, and uh, when I watch Drew Robinson play, he, he, he puts a charge in the ball for one thing. He's left-handed, a left-handed hitter anyway. Uh, he can play multiple positions. I know we, uh, that in baseball you don't put too much into spring performances and you go on track records almost right. completely. But has Drew Robinson done enough to think that I, I keep hearing the the comparison between between him and Profar, uh, but is it is it possible that he has uh, leaped ahead of Hanser Alberto? Well, I think I I think that uh, unfortunately for Hanser, he's had a bad first ten days of, of camp. Um, he's made three errors in the middle infield, and and he's looked he he's looked non. Uh, really, I, I guess what's what's the right word there? He he looks like he would not be an asset as the as the twenty fifth guy on the roster. Um, Drew has played well. He showed uh, comfortable uh, a comfortable approach with two strikes. He's made a couple of nice plays in the outfield. Uh, he does run better than Hanser. I think that if you put both of them at shortstop, you'd probably get uh, better play nine days out of ten from Hanser than Drew because I think Drew is more comfortable as a second baseman and, and, and center fielder. Um, but what I really think here is that the question the Rangers have to answer, and, and, and I tried to get into this with Jeff Bannister and John Daniels in the last few days, is uh, 
Drew Robinson's playing well enough right now to be considered one of the 25 best guys uh, on the on the roster. But if he's going to play a larger role for the Rangers in the future, will it benefit him and the team more for him to go back to Round Rock and play every every day down there, or for him to be essentially the 25th guy on this roster? And with Profar as your as your super utility guy and the guy who's got the ability to move from left field to second base to shortstop to first base, how many at bats would there be for that guy? So I, I'm kind of torn between this that I think Drew has done everything in the first half of camp to really state a strong case for him being one of the 25th, one of the 25 best guys here. But I also think that when it may be said and done the Rangers look at that role as, as a really complimentary role and may go and, and, and bring in a another veteran um, or somebody who's primarily a shortstop to give them a straight backup shortstop. It's going to depend on how they want to use this position. I, I, I think the best I think the best use of the position would still be somebody who could hit left-handed and play some first base. Uh, James Loney is in camp. He hasn't done anything to blow me away at this point in time. You know, you could put Drew in the outfield and then move Profar to play first base and hit left-handed some. Uh, I, I think the Rangers are going to have to determine how they best want to use that last spot. But unless it's regular at bat, it's going to be. It may be difficult to justify carrying Drew Robinson to start the year. Uh, what about a, a guy who who has made some really nice plays at shortstop? He made one a really nice play uh, yet uh, on Sunday. We don't get to see these games very much down here, uh, Evan. You may not be aware of that, but right. uh, he uh, made a nice play behind the bag and a flip back to second. It was uh, Doug Bernier. What are his chances of making the the club? You know, I, I think that. Certainly, if you're comparing right now to to the idea of what Hanser Alberto does versus Doug Bernier, Bernier is, is, is played better uh, in the field and offers offers the Rangers a a tool which would be a plus glove. But you've got you've still got to figure out how you best want to use that spot. Are you yeah. going to use that for a backup shortstop, or are you going to move on the days that you decide to sit Elvis down? Are you going to move? Are you going to use those to get Profar more at bats? And I, I, I think that I still think that the most pressing need for this team is to make sure, uh, in terms of finishing out the roster, is to make sure that Mike Napoli doesn't start another career high 150 games at per, in, right. in the lineup. I think he needs he needs a not little at bit first more base, not at first base, right? So I, I, I and. The poor matchup for him is righty on righty, so you'd like to get more of his off days against against right-handed pitching, and so you'd like to have a a solid left-handed option there. And whether that's whether that's Profar, and then you carry a second middle infielder, or whether it's to, to carry a guy who's more of a traditional corner guy, still not sure on that. And I think that's something the Rangers are really going to have to kind of bear down on over the final ten days once they get their full roster to go. Kevin, are you finished with your fascination for, with the twenty-fifth player on the roster? It's not. It's not the. It's the fact that one of the things that is can we me, talk about it, the pitching is important here is the defense because it, the, it, the defense never gets talked about here. That has been one of the biggest bugaboos for this for this Rangers team is that it is it is not a good defensive team. Well, the twenty-fifth player been. on the roster is not going to make a, that a difference. Uh, he, could, he could make some. Okay, can we talk about the pitching, Evan? The San Diego pitchers and where they're at. 
The San Diego <laughs> pitchers? That yeah, what well, I, that's what I'm calling them now. <laughs> Tyson Ross and Andrew Kashner, is that who you're talking about? Yes. In case you've forgotten. What, what would you like to know, Barry? I want to know how they've looked. And uh, They look great. They're tall. No, they don't. They handsome, haven't, they, handsome, they haven't looked great, Kevin, have they, Evan? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to look great when you're really not out on the field. The well, hasn't been on the field much for the last for the last week. Uh, he's playing catch right now and dealing with this bicep tendonitis. Right. And, you know, maybe he gets back on a mound this weekend or the beginning of next week. But that gives you about three weeks to get him ready for his first start. And and I do think at that point in time, you start to run out of you start to run out of time to see if he'll if he'll get enough innings. Thank you. Uh, on the flip side. Tyson Ross, I think, is about a week ahead of, of schedule on on getting on a mound. He threw 15 pitches yesterday off a mound, uh, and, and the Rangers had hoped that by mid-March he'd be throwing off a mound. We're still, today's March 8th as we record this, or March 7th as we record this. Uh, I, I think that the chances of Tyson Ross being ready to go by the end of April look more and more uh, optimistic. But I think you're very, very much looking at the possibility of going into the start of the season, whether that's the first two weeks, whether it's the first three, having only three set spots in the rotation in Hamish, in Hamish, in Marvin Hamlish. Uh, Marvin Hamlish, that'd be great. Although I think he's dead. The, the sting. Uh, yeah. Cole, Cole Hamels, you Darvish, and Martin Perez. The, the, and beyond that, you're going to have to fill in some spots here early in the season. And I don't know, you know, it, nobody has really stood out. I think the Rangers have more options to look at than they've had in the past. Um, the Rule 5 pick, Mike Hoschild, who throws, who doesn't throw overpowering stuff, has thrown a lot of strikes, and I think that works in his favor. And I think of the other guys, to this point, I, I think Chichi Gonzalez has been the most uh, effective in, in attacking the zone. But... A.J. Griffin didn't show me anything yesterday on a day. He said he was working on off-speed stuff. Nick Martinez wasn't great the day before that. Uh, I think we're going to get more of a look at Dylan G. Um, I don't know that, that uh, Tyler Wagner, the, uh, the waiver claim, I don't think he's really going to figure in the mix. But uh, the Rangers very possibly are going to have to deal with, with having two spots in the rotation open to start the season. Let me ask you this about Martin Perez. We see that, uh, was it yesterday that they were working with his delivery in which he is not, I, I assume what they're meaning is that he's not as straight up uh, when he starts his delivery as he has been in the past. It's a little more leaning forward, and uh, and they're hoping that this changes what in his uh, in his uh, approach and success rate. I think it's all it's all about continuing to stay on top of the ball. It, I don't think it's it's a major change. Um, but it, this is a big, it's always a big kind of, uh, uh, last spring it was, it was a big, big talking point for Doug Brocale as well. You know, the idea of staying on top of the ball and being able to throw on a downward plane and making sure that you're able to get the ball to the bottom of the zone when you need to. Uh, the thing that Perez has worked on this spring, actually, to me, is on the other side of it. They want him to be able to elevate the ball and go up in the zone for strikes occasionally uh, and change batters' eye levels. And I think he's done a good job of working on that. Uh, he's going to pitch game two for Venezuela in the WBC. Uh, yesterday was his last outing for the Rangers until the WBC is over. 
But um, uh, he's, in, he's in a good spot right now. Uh, and I think that the big, the big emphasis that Doug Bukale has made with all of his pitchers is to stop thinking about, you know, just the inside corner down and in or the outside corner down and away to use the entire strike zone, to think of it in more of a 3D-type type vision, the, the, the front of the plate, the back of the plate, the, the top of the zone, below the zone, and then use, use also the area, you know, you can go up above the zone to get swings and misses as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to make a projection here, uh, and, you know, uh, that's what I'm paid to do. Uh, make projections, predictions, you know, really outlandish stuff, and then make fun of myself later when they don't work out. I'm going to say I, I have no idea who the number five because I agree with you the 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 number the the one two and three pitchers we know we still don't have any idea about four or five but I'm going to say the number four coming out of spring training is going to be Chichi Gonzalez. Uh, I I think that's a I think that's a solid bet at this point in time. Um, I I you know AJ Griffin is still for lack of a better term the incumbent, uh, but. Uh, Giving up two home runs yesterday and, and walking three, to me, just really emphasized again what his struggles were last season in the second half. Uh, Chi-Chi has, of the guys that are in that mix, Chi-Chi has the best stuff. Uh, the big issue for him was getting some separation between the fastball velocity and some of the off-speed stuff. He has worked on that. He's come in a little bit leaner uh, than he was last year. And... I think we're still talking about a guy who was a first-round pick and who was very highly regarded of and regarded in the organization, and you know was a guy the Rangers decided to keep over over Jake Thompson in the in the Cole Hamels deal. So there's still a lot of regard for him here, and and I think that tools-wise, he's got the most ability. Uh, of the guys that would be fighting for that spot, and that's the thing when you when you bring that up about the uh, where how Chichi was regarded previously. If you were to say three years ago that well maybe Chichi could be the fourth starter on this team or the fifth starter on this team, I think people would have said that was a huge disappointment. Uh, yeah, you know, I I think that particularly um, fans and, and to some extent on the Baseball America side, we tend to – nobody wants to say, hey, this guy's going to be a serviceable number four starter. Um, and so everything is – he's a one or a two. And then if he's not a great prospect, we say, ah, oh, he could be a number three. I, listen, if you're a serviceable number four starter in the big leagues, if you, if you are a guy that's capable of giving a team 180 innings, uh, and your your ERA can be, hey, that could vary fairly widely, but I think that that's where Chichi kind of profiles right now. I think that he's also a kid who's what twenty four years old. There's 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 time for him to grow. Could he grow into a higher profile type starter? Yes, but after after getting to the big leagues very quickly in fifteen. Kind of taking a step backwards last year, I think for him to simply get a toehold into the rotation this year, I think would be a big step forward. Yeah, I think so too. 
So, so we're let's just go around the horn here a little bit uh, on what you see um, with with this team, and I guess let's let's start in the outfield because that's to me the big because the infield is really pretty much all tied up, and and so and is it at catcher as well. There's not going to be any surprises there. The only surprises in the infield would be who shares time with Napoli at first base. Uh, there's a number of directions right. that, that the Rangers could go there, but in the outfield, to me, other than Carlos Gomez in center field, that's still wide open. Um, and and uh, I, I, you're uh, not giving no more Mazzara a place out there. Well, I am, but I mean, I don't know where he's playing. I don't know if he's playing left field. I don't know if he's playing right field because I, I know the desire is for him to play right field and let Chu get most of his starts at DH. Uh, I've seen several comments from from Shin Su Chu about this, uh, the prospects of of playing, uh, you know, or being a DH or a pretty regular DH and only playing in the outfield occasionally. You're out there and you're around him. Do you get the impression that, that he's uh, he's willing to do that? Uh, listen, he's, he's made it clear that he would he'd much prefer an everyday role in the outfield, but I think he's also understanding of the Rangers' perspective that our first deal is to keep you healthy and in the lineup and that they feel if he if he's in the lineup every day as the number two hitter, he could he could kind of connect this offense uh, from from a, a solid leadoff spot. That I know you and I go back and forth on Carlos Gomez, but I think the Rangers are fairly comfortable with Gomez at the top, and and then get into that kind of meaty middle. You um, could do that, but he's got to stay on the field. And if you can, the best way to do that is try and eliminate some of those soft tissue injuries that seem to come from from playing the outfield and having to also be on your feet and, and run the bases all the time. So I, I, I think when all is said and done, Kevin, you're looking at a five guys for four spots, basically. You're looking at, at Rua and Profar in left field, splitting a lot of time, Gomez in center field, Mazar in right field, Chu at DH, and then there's going to be some days, and, and and maybe this is how you go about things. You, when you've got a couple of tough righties coming up in the course of a week, maybe that's when Profar goes to first base, uh, Mazzara goes to left, um, Chu goes to right, and then you figure out you, you figure out uh, if you've got a left-handed option, maybe that becomes your DH at that point. But you can really stack together a very heavy uh, left-handed hitting lineup at that point. So in that situation, then you're you're counting out Delano to Shields, and you're saying he's the loser in all of this. Well, no, I think he's. I think Delano's on the team. I just think he's going to be the the fifth outfielder uh, mm-hmm. in the mix, and I think he'll be used uh, as a defensive replacement, oftentimes for Profar uh, in left field late in games. I think he'll be used to run. Uh, I think he'll be. The Rangers are going to try and and maximize his. Uh, that means running sometimes late in close games. It means that th- that speed plays in the outfield for Profar maybe in the later innings. It means that uh, also, you know, on days when they want to give Carlos Gomez a day off, that the, the lino is the straight backup center fielder. But he's a backup outfielder. I don't see him, even with the strong spring he's had so far, I think Rua has had a strong spring to this point. I, I don't. I don't think there's anybody who's proved vulnerable in, in that outfield mix uh, that, that you would say, okay, Delano's going to play ahead of this guy. 
Yeah. The only, and as we've discussed before, the only thing, and I, and I don't like Delano on the outfield either, basically because of the arm and basically because he's kind of shown a, a lack of instincts for, for the outfield. I think he'd be fine and left, and not, not a center fielder in my mind at all, other than, you know. Right. And as, as, a, as a periodical center fielder, you're certainly not going to get a, you're not going to get a all around great center fielder. No. I think his speed in center field will make up for some things. I think guys will run on him occasionally in center field, yeah. but when you move him to left, uh, and and he's got a he, he doesn't have quite as much area to cover. Uh, the speed's going to play up that much more, and I think that the arm doesn't become as much of a factor because he's not going to have to make a whole lot of of, of real challenging throws. He's no. not going to have to throw um, from center field home, uh, and, and what the Rangers are going to stress with these guys. You talked a little bit about defense earlier. The Rangers are really going to stress with these guys. Let's just not give up the extra bases. Don't worry about if you can't get a guy at home plate on a on a uh, on a fifty fifty or less than fifty percent play. Right. Let's make sure we don't let that guy get to second base. So yeah. if he does the routine thing and uses that speed in the outfield, I think that particularly in left field, he becomes. He becomes a nice late inning addition. Yeah, my, my question for him, though, also is that, uh, and this goes back to Carlos Gomez uh, batting leadoff, you're asking an awful lot of Carlos Gomez, in my mind, to duplicate what he was able to do at the end of the year with the Rangers. Although, Absolutely. It, it, Absolutely. And, and, and being the leadoff hitter, that's such an important role. And, and I will say this, uh, in just the – the, just the game I saw the other day when Carlos had an at bat, and he looked very good in that at bat. He was very patient, and uh, and I, I believe he might have even drawn a walk in that at bat. I can't remember, but um, he did look much different from the guy that we'd seen over the years and played for the for the Brewers and for the Astros. And uh, uh, so they they made some real inroads with him last year. If if he keeps all that up, if if he continues to be the player he was with the Rangers or even something just close to that, well, then you're right. talking about a, a leadoff hitter who's going to hit 25 home runs. Uh, and, and, then, and that's a phenomenal number to get from a guy who's as, is as athletic as he is and fast as he is to be able to add that kind of power at the top of the lineup. You're talking about you know almost a Ricky Henderson type of thing there. So uh, I, I think that that's a, that's a, that certainly that's a possibility. I just think that is not what you should expect. I, I think what you'd expect is that maybe he regresses back towards what he's been a little bit in the past, and uh, and we'll see. And I and I think that's to me the thing that makes the Shields the most valuable is the possibility that if Gomez falters, that you could put the Shields back in there. I think that he, is, he looks like he's gone back to what he was two years ago, and that was a very effective leadoff hitter. Yeah, he, he, he's, been, he's had a good approach at the plate, and you know, he looks really good on the base path. I think the Rangers would actually like to see him run a little bit more. There have been two instances this week where I thought he was going to be in a running situation and didn't run. Um, but, you know, one of them, Jeff Bannister said afterwards, look, this was this was against a guy who's really quick to the plate. They had a 1-1 time on him. And the key thing is, let's make the right decision. And sometimes the right decision is to call a no-go and, and right. not not say I've got to use my speed. Um, the other the other occasion was uh, yesterday against Seattle. Uh, he didn't run. Or he tried to run one time and there was a foul ball and, and then didn't run again uh, against the guy who was, I think Jeff said was one five to the plate. 
What he did do was he went first to third on a shallow on a shallow single to center field with two outs. Now during the regular season, you wouldn't consider that a great play, only because what's the benefit of taking that risk to go to third base with two outs? Right. Uh, you might as well stay at second base, and, and another base hit scores you there. But I think what Jeff said after the game was, I like that situ. I like that approach in spring training, just so he knows what he can and can't do. Right, we're absolutely. looking at spring training night as necessarily all situational stuff. We just want him to know what he can and cannot do uh, with his speed. Evan, we're uh, 30 minutes into this podcast, and I just want to know, what is your message to Ranger fans uh, at, at this point in spring training? Yeah, it, it's hard, Barry, because this is such a weird spring training with the World Baseball Classic and so many guys mm-hmm. being involved and the camp being long, I don't have a great feel. Also, also, if you factor in how slow the Rangers are bringing along their pitchers, and I think that's wise, uh, but it, it's hard for me to get a feel for what this team really looks like. I just keep going back to what it should be on paper, but what it should be on paper is a top-heavy rotation, I'm concerned about the fact that, that Andrew Kashner may not make the, the start of the regular season uh, and that you may have two holes in the rotation. Uh, I think the bullpen uh, is going to be better than it was last year and by a significant margin. And, and I think that, uh, as Kevin said, you know, there, there's some questions about can Carlos Gomez duplicate what he did with the Rangers. If he does, this offense could really strike early and, and really get the people quickly. Uh, if he's not, uh, they're gonna they're gonna do the same thing that they have kind of searched for the last few years, which is we've got to find a leadoff hitter. We've got to find a leadoff hitter. And in each of the occasions, they found somebody to plug in. Uh, I don't know how many times you can go to that well, but so far, Carlos Gomez looks like he is he is the player that he was, or at least close to the player that he was in Milwaukee. That he is comfortable here that he has made some changes to his swing, uh, or, or more more correctly, his approach. I think all those things factor in there. Um, the one other X factor in all of this that it's hard for me to give Rangers fans a, a feel for is when you start going around the field and you look at first base and a guy who's going to be 35, you look at third base and a guy who's going to be 38, you look at a center fielder who is 31, which is old for center field. You look at a DH, he's got an, a history of injuries and is going to be 35. You look at Cole Hamels getting into his mid-30s, and the one concern you always have is, will a team all age together overnight and all of a sudden look very old very quickly? I don't think that's the case here, but certainly that always has to be something of a concern at this point. Yeah, especially at third base, because as we've talked about before with Adrian Beltre, he is the heart of this team. Um, and uh, a, a Hall of Famer, there's no question about that, and had just a tremendous year last year. Just not, not, you know, he just belied all the factors of what his age is and what you would expect for him to do to show the range that he did at third base last year. A gold glover, certainly well-deserved. I, I think fans should expect a drop-off in home runs. I don't see Adrian hitting 30 again this year. You know, he, the, the previous two years, I think he had been below, below 20 in each of the last Two years before last year, um, I think it was 18 and 19. I don't know that he's going to be a 30 home run hitter again this year. 
But I think you're liable to get more home runs at first base and and uh, yeah. DH than you did last year, and uh, you're certainly, I think, going to get more home runs from catcher than you did for the for or you should than you did for the full year. Um, and I, I think it's entirely possible that there's more there's more power to get from second base with with Odor. So uh, if you lose some home runs from from Adrian Beltre, you may make them you may make them up elsewhere. Yeah. He just that that's the question. You you see that often in a player's career, a great player as he gets older, one last really great year and then he just really uh tables off after that. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that were to happen, Adrian, but then again, you never can tell. For, to me the the big thing for him last year was not even so much the offense as it was the defense. That he was still right. as good defensively. That's the, the, the outlier to me, that he still has the same kind of range, still plays the position as well. You know, when your reflexes start to go uh, and you, you lose that step, uh, then, then I think that's when you really see something. But uh, I think, and, and really, and frankly, if he hits 19 home runs and and uh, you know and, and drives in 75 runs, but he still plays that level of defense, the, the Rangers got no complaints coming uh, because absolutely. And, and and the other thing for me on Adrian is even though the home run totals were down in 14 and 15. And partly in 15, it was because he played half a season without a, a ligament in his thumb. Uh, this is not a guy. I, 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 the guys that you're talking about and the guys that, that I'm thinking about, you know, they go through that period where they have like two or three really down years and then have what amounts to what I'd call a supernova season right before they kind of burn out. And I don't think that if you look at Beltre in, in 14 and 15, you did see the power numbers go down, but I don't know that you felt like the overall performance dropped off significantly. Yeah. So I'm not sure he's reached that stage where where he's he's fully in decline. Is it going to be a real path to maintain what he's done? Absolutely. But this is a, this is a Hall of Fame player. This is maybe you know we're going to start to get into the territory where you start to say okay. Yes, Brooks Robinson was the best fielding third baseman of all time, and, and George Brett was the best hitting third baseman of all time, and, and Mike Schmidt was the best power-hitting third baseman of all time. But is Adrian Beltre the best overall third baseman of all time? And, and, and when you start talking about it that way, you know, this is an outlier. This is a guy who the, the same career arc that 90%, 95% of baseball players uh, it would apply to. It doesn't necessarily apply to. Him. Yeah, and, and then we have to get ready because we have lunch waiting, and we have we have to go. But give give us a, where, where are you guys going today? I think we're going to go to All Good today. We went there the other day. We like. We're it. eating healthy now. Yeah, yeah. We have to eat healthy. I and mean, I just I just had a little procedure, so we're going to have to eat healthy. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, but but let me. We want. We don't want to leave uh, listeners on a down note. Kevin's procedure and yeah, and we just talked about Ranger problems. But give, give us something to be optimistic about. Um. Uh oh. He can't think of anything. No, I, I I think that I've I've given several things to be optimistic. The most about, one one I, one. Give us give us a something to leave leave on a happy note. One thing that really on a, leave us on a happy note. I, I think that uh, I, I think the one thing that we haven't factored in is the human element here. And I think when you look at the team and you look at the group in the clubhouse, um, this is going to be a team. There's a lot of veterans here. 
who still have something that they really want to prove. They really want to win a world championship. Adrian Beltre has never won a world championship. Uh, the, uh, the addition of Mike Napoli uh, is, a, is a significant addition in terms of the always hard to quantify clubhouse chemistry. I just think that there's a really good mix of players here that are going to hold each other accountable, that are going to uh, be able to pick one another up. And uh, as long as guys stay healthy, I, I think this is going to be a very, very good team. And, and it's got a chance to get better as the year goes on, particularly if those starters, if both those starters get healthy and get on the mound. Okay. I mean, those, I'll just say this. Those, that's a big ifs. But <laughs> but but we have to go. Well, we gotta go now. It's, I, I it's think thirty nine minutes in. We're we thirty nine. But now those are the, that's the thing to me about this spring is that you you don't have any answers so far. There are, there are no answers no. on this team so far. And, and and you know what? Sometimes you don't get them. And this is another team that was looking for a lot of answers, but it certainly was looking for some reassurance. And so far, uh, we haven't gotten any kind of reassurance about the. Uh, about the most, the I don't know that you get any reassurance anywhere but the starting rotation and the the. The best thing is that Darvish looks like he is—he's ready to go. He's healthy. You know, he's going to have a full season. I expect a monster year out of him. The most disappointing thing is the fact that Andrew Kashner has has not been on the mound for the last week, and that you're all of a sudden thinking—you know—are you going to have two holes in the rotation to start the year? Evan, that is great stuff. We appreciate it as always. Uh, I'm sorry I won't uh, see you next week when you come in. Uh, but uh, at any rate, uh, be careful out there. Try not to get hit by any stray jets. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm going to get a text from Evan as soon as this is over. What's, what's, what was Kevin's procedure? Uh, yeah, it was a procedure. Was I don't, I, you know what? I'll just send, I'm going to send that text to Kevin, but, uh, I don't need you to be my middleman. Yeah, there you go. Obviously he doesn't want to tell you, but Evan, have, be well, stay safe, travel safe when you get home and we'll see you soon. Goodbye guys. Bye Evan. And there goes Evan Grant. Mr. Sunshine. Mr. Sunshine. Uh, he sounded like he had his dauber down. Didn't it sound like to you? Well, you know, his family's back here. He's he's enjoying fatherhood. Um, I can I, I kind of understand that. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah, for you sure. do. You for do. sure. You're, you're one of the best fathers I know. Oh, stop it! So we're back at you. No. As a matter of fact, I was, we, let's let's bring this up. I can't believe we hadn't talked about this. You became not just a father; you became a grandfather last weekend. I am. You know what that means. Well, you've been in the, actually. It's been for eight. Uh, it's been for what? Ten days now. I'm I'm old. Yeah, ten days. I've been a grandfather. Yeah, tell us everybody his name and numbers. Uh, he was born at seven twenty-seven at night. I remember that. Yeah. He was six pounds thirteen ounces. Yeah. His name is Max Stanley Horn. My son's son. Son of a son of your a, oldest son. My Zach. son of my oldest son. Your least favorite Horn. That is not true. That is not true. You know that's that's a bad Horn. rumor that got started by you a long time ago, and I was rubbing you about the fact that you were you were not bragging about Alex, your middle child, as much as I thought you should. And I and I said so. He's my new favorite Horn. Okay. I love all the Horn children. They're all terrific. All right. And let me let me say this. I like all the Sherrington children. Oh, so, you're great. So. All four. I have an extra one. I have more than. Well, you but do. now now I have three and one. So three and one. How about that? So four. How about that? And and I, we had I, the Briss on Sunday. And yes, yes. And and I have a, a daughter-in-law, which you as yet don't have. I don't have that. And yet, I have no. another son who's engaged, which you as yet don't but, have. But, so but my so family is is, is growing, growing, ra- growing rapidly. So let's talk about the stipulation, though, that I that I bear in the uh, in the by by attending the Briss on Sunday. 
you were, I think you were the only non-relative. You claim this. Gentile. I don't remember. I don't remember you. No, the only non-relative who was at the bris of my oldest son, who's 30. Yeah. And now my grandson, who's 10 days old. Right. And so that means you and I are both old men. <laughs> yes, it does. But someone, and someone told me there at the, at the thing, I said, I'm the, I'm the only Gentile who's been to both. And he looked at me and he says, you're not a Gentile. Wow. Yes. I, I took that as a huge compliment. Okay. Well, let's, on that note, let's go. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see ya.